I'm Ted Baker in the studios of WEOS and WHWS at the Scanling Center here at the colleges, and this is the Hobart Football Podcast, Episode 27, Game 4 coming up in the Liberty League. It'll be Hobart and Buffalo State Saturday, 1 o'clock at Boswell Field. Joined by the head coach of the Statesman, Kevin DeWall. Welcome back. Good morning. I know you can't take plays out of a football game, but you take away three plays, snap over the punter's head, block field goal, 79-yard run on third and one, and for 98% of the game, you were nose-to-nose with a top-20 team. Do you take any comfort or any satisfaction out of that, or do you just say, we lost? We lost. Uh, yeah, I think the uh, the average bystander watches that game and, and sees that it was two really good teams going at it. I thought the game plan that uh, we had thought of for all three phases played out pretty well. It just, um, there was those mentioned three big plays that uh, two in particular on special teams that resulted in the 10 points. And then, you know, who knows what would have happened there. Um, you know, we end up pressuring them on third and short and, and they hit a seam and, and were able to hit a big one. But prior to that, we had done a really good job bottling up their run. And, and um, you know, they, they had some success running it, but our defensive had been playing pretty well. And, you know, you don't get those plays back. That's the unfortunate part. So there's no, you know, solace of just saying that we played them close. The reality is we thought we played well enough to win and we didn't make those plays. And um, you, we went back and watched the film and it doesn't change the fact that we didn't make them, but we know we were right there and, and uh, we got to do a better job executing and finishing off the game the way we thought we could have and we would have had a good opportunity to win that game. You said last week you thought it would be difficult to score points. It was. You had two offensive touchdowns. I thought their defensive backs were really strong, especially in long balls. I mean, Johnny Columbia had a great long-throwing game the week before and there just wasn't anybody open on those deep balls. Yeah, I think it actually breaks down to, I think their defensive line was the key to their game. Um, <clears throat> we ran it okay, you know, and, and I think uh, we, they tackled well. We didn't really bust any big ones, which is fine. Uh, I think our young offensive line versus their more experienced uh, defensive line was, if you really break down the, the 65 to 70 plays that we got off, I would say that that was a huge part of it. Uh, and then they weren't afraid to, to lock up. And we had some situations in those 50-50 balls that um, – you know, maybe our ball location could have been a little bit better, and uh, and they defend it pretty well. But um, I think that experience that they had in their defense showed out, and um, we had to earn everything we got. I think it comes back to that that drive, the opening drive of the third quarter. When we get down there, we had the opportunity to score seven, and we settled for the field goal attempt, which was ultimately blocked. And uh, you know, I think there's couple key moments of the game I thought that was crucial for us where we should have been getting seven we had to settle for three and didn't get the three so um would have should have could have and and as a coach I look back on things we could have done as a staff and you know obviously our players uh, are going to be really honest in terms of what they could do and uh, I loved our fight I loved the resolve and the resiliency of our guys the reality is we didn't play efficient enough and you mentioned those three plays those were really significant ones that you know, had we done some things differently throughout the game, maybe those three aren't as magnified. I mean, you threw your punches as well. You had a fumble on a pass catch, and then you come and uh, Makai Rogers makes a great deflected pick to take it right back. I mean, you know, the fight was there all day long. Yeah, and I knew that, uh, and, and I say that in confidence. Is I, I love the the group we have right now. Uh, we're not perfect by any means, and you know, I still think there were moments in games where we grew up and, and matured, and I. I said that to the guys on Sunday. They were, they were obviously uh, noticeably upset that we, we gave away our, our first league uh, game and, and the fact it was a game that we could have won. Um, but when you play quality competition, which we're going to see moving forward, uh, we have to uh, be more efficient in a couple of those key situations. And again, you can never spot someone 
you know, those two special team plays literally resulted in, in 10 points being off the board or giving it to the other team. So, um, you know, maybe that's a different outcome, but at the end of the day, we got to do better in those situations. And I think our guys were hungry to, to find those areas to improve on. Johnny Columbia's had a couple of games this year where he started really hot and then tapered off a little bit. Is there anything that you see there or anything that needs to be corrected? No, I think Johnny competitively, he got us out of a couple of really negative plays and with his feet did a couple of good things. And, you know, I look at the, the two touchdown drives that we had, you know, he made significant plays on those. Uh, I thought our receivers um, did some really good things in the passing game. And then unfortunately, some of it is combined with the protections of the ball location, maybe just missing in some of those man-to-man situations. But, um, you know, no one's playing a perfect game and Johnny watches as much film and prepares as much as anyone. So I know he is going to take a good look. And he and I sat down and watched that game, every single offensive clip on, you know, making sure his eyes were at the right spot and feet and arms and everything across the board. So I love the way he prepares and, and, and across the board. I think that's the tough part of, of that one is that literally one or two plays maybe makes us feel different about the outcome. But we really just trust the process. We're going to go back to work. And the preparation we put in for that game didn't change. You know, obviously, you know, whether we won or lost that game didn't change how we were going to prepare for that. And we said that clearly on Sunday. We went back to work on Sunday knowing that regardless of win, lose, or draw, that we're going to get ready for our next opponent, which was Buff State. You showed your trust in Johnny. You take over at your half-yard line. You go 99.5 for score. On the first play, he's dropping eight yards deep in the end zone and throws a 22-yard out to Bartosik to dig you right out and jumpstart that drive. Yeah, and I, I wanted the, our offense to say, I mean, that's, that's confidence and obviously the pass protection, as there's the young, you know, the young offensive line gaining some confidence there. And, you know, I think situationally, um, expecting a little bit of pressure, you know, it's just as much of a chance you could take a safety if you get a negative play in the run game. So whether it's run or pass, we want to be pretty aggressive. And, and there's some tendencies that we had, and that was a formation that we were higher run tendency on, and, and we got the look we wanted. And, and again, credit goes to the players in terms of having the, the wherewithal to, to go out and execute when that play was called. Your receiver core, it's very mixed in terms of experience. I thought that group has really taken a step forward in the last couple of games. Ahmad Crowell in this game really started to look comfortable in the offense. He's a big, tall guy. You can put him over there with Peyton Kay and throw some jump balls. Absolutely, and in both of the touchdown drives, he made uh, big catches that extended. Uh, one was a third down, one was a fourth down play. Um, yeah, his emergence, and, and we've seen the athletic ability that he has, but more importantly, he had his best week of practice last week. And uh, if he can continue to stack good days and continue to learn you know, the intricacies of our offense and the route running and where he should be in the passing game, uh, he'll be a reliable target for Johnny. And, and again, you had a mix of you know, some older guys with experience, and we have some younger guys that will continue to need to step up because that group will be crucial as, as teams are going to do, um, you know, are going to continue to focus on our, our running backs and trying to stop those guys from being impactful players. Football games are often decided along the line of scrimmage. How did you feel about the line battle overall throughout the game? I thought our guys battled um, on both sides of it, but I think when push comes to shove, they got the big game, uh, that big gain in the run game right when we needed the stop. It was 17-14. Um, I don't think we did a good enough job in our run fits on that one. And unfortunately, with a good athlete, we, he only needed the seam. And after four yards, then it was just a sprint from there. Um, I thought our D-line uh, played well and battled their O-line. I think their strength on their D-line did show out in, in terms of just the consistency in the in the run game. I thought we protected the quarterback fairly well. Um, we only had the one sack, and that was, um, you know, uh, but there was a couple pressures. I think it was more in the run game that they did a really good job um, at just sometimes recreating the line of scrimmage that we'll have to uh, continue to progress. And I think that 
that's that's experience that's weight room strength there's a lot of different things that go with that but uh, i love the way we battled but there's still a lot of areas for us to improve on tim denham joined the 2000 yard club earlier this year uh, rayshon boswell did during the ithaca game how's it been like coaching those two guys i mean either if one of them got all the carries you know they might be on the cover of sports illustrated i mean you'd have a, a back that's going to run for 1700 yards they seem content sharing the carries and, and sharing the load Absolutely, and I think that speaks volumes to who they are as people and the fact that um, at any time one of those guys you know, could be getting 25, 30 carries a game. Um, I'm a big believer that it's a long season and keeping those guys fresh has been helpful for us in the past. And I go back to you know, the last time we had 2,000-yard backs, it was um, Steve Webb and Bobby, Bobby Doherty. And both those guys, same thing, complimentary football. Well, the, the next year when Bobby graduated, Steve goes for either 1,500, 1,600 yards, like – at any time, we have two, three, four, or five backs that could be featured guys that could go for a thousand yards. But it's never been about stats. It's about um, uh, helping our offense be more explosive, being more dynamic, being a tougher matchup for other teams. And then ultimately, if we're hopefully playing long into the playoffs, we want to be able to make sure those guys are fresh in, in November and December. And I think um, you know just the fact that at any point one of those guys can step up if, if the other one's you know either takes a shot or is injured or dinged up a little bit and 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 again I think we have some other younger backs um, similar to where Tim and Ray were their freshman year behind uh, Brian Hafner uh, we're never I, I shouldn't say never uh, we're very rarely ever going to be a one horse running back like I want to have two to three four or five stable in the stable ready to go and I think uh, <clears throat> I met with one of our upperclassman running backs earlier this week and you know he probably could start in, in some other teams and he's a complimentary role right now but he has a big role in special teams and he's preparing just ready for when his number is called and I think our running back group from top to bottom is really talented and I think that speaks volumes to the depth we want to create if we're going to be a top 10 top 15 team you put Boz and Denham both on the kickoff return team for the first time in a while they kick to Boz and he gets a 40 yarder are we going to see more of that or is that going to be kind of based on need during a game it's situational uh, I look at the uh, the kickoff return as our first play of offense so I'm, I'm an aggressive coach in terms of like we're going to put a, a, an able returner back there more than just being settled to get the ball to 25 I want to have the best field position possible and I think um, you know early on in the, in the in the year we use some first years to kind of get them some reps and experience and we'll continue to use some of those guys but um, if we see the right look and we feel good about our schemes and if that can be the first play of offense let's let's be aggressive with it defensively I mean the numbers are a little deceiving because one play goes for 79 yards and that's the danger on that short yards play you got eight guys in the box and if he gets through the first wall uh, a guy with that kind of speed is going to score but uh, talk a little bit about Jalen Leonard Osborne I mean he's kind of your Boswell he's a guy that you can use in a whole bunch of different ways and the defense always has to account for him really good comparison uh, he's a, uh, a track um I think national champion sprinter and uh, last year they used him more as a receiver uh, and then this year because of an injury they moved him back as a tailback really talented player and, and I think very similar to Ray in a lot of ways in terms of the versatility and explosiveness they have and uh, we had done a really good job and, and they were getting some yards here and there but um, you know you take away that one run and he's averaging you know three and a half four yards a carry that's different than obviously the big one I think it was it was time and, and distance situation. We had just a uh, you know just scored, um, and again, granted, we probably already should have had a ten point swing because of the two special teams play at that point. But you know, middle of the fourth quarter, it's a seventeen fourteen game, and uh, you know we pinned the the kickoff inside the fifteen. We got him backed up. It's third and one, and you know obviously I trust our defensive coaches. They thought it was the right time to bring pressure, and and we weren't necessarily as gap sound as we needed to be. 
And uh, that's not one person at fault. Uh, you know, it's a collection of many plays throughout the game. But that would have been a great opportunity to either get a stop or at least you know tackle them and then you know make them have to earn it back because you know it's a it's a one possession game at that point. And then you know I think the running averages and, and I think you end up with 155 yards. You take away obviously more than half it on the one play. That's different. You know, and, and I think that's the uh, the risk reward of playing aggressive defense so it's never woulda shoulda coulda's you know same thing you mentioned the the play coming out from the you know the the six inch line where we threw it that could obviously be an incompletion it could go the wrong way we never want to have our guys playing on eggshells worried about making mistakes so we're going to correct it and make sure that we're gap sound in that next time and you know obviously if we go in and we get a tackle for loss and a big stop now we're saying it's a great play call so it's it's not against anything from the defensive guys it's understanding complimentary football like we felt really confident that if we could have gotten that ball back with the momentum we just went to score that um, you know fourth quarter we can go down and, and take the lead but it ultimately goes back to we shouldn't have been in that situation 17-14 at that point knowing that we had you know had a field goal blocked a, a, a short field goal that we should have had a high percentage of making and then we gave them the seven points right before half of the, the fumbled snap. So, you know, we got to look at instead of pointing fingers of that one play that could have went our way, what is the things we could have controlled? Controlling our controllables and knowing that we should have been in a different situation at that point in the fourth quarter. Ithaca ran a lot of no huddle. It wasn't really strictly hurry up, but did that limit your ability to swap out the D-line the way you like to do? Not necessarily. Um, I actually, I think our, our defense did a pretty good job. They did sub up, um, so as long as just because they know huddle, most teams now are going no huddle, but they're not necessarily going fast tempo. And I think that's the key is knowing how quick we need to get in and out. But uh, we still were able to get some of our packages in. There was a couple times they tried to you know repeat it, but actually our guys did a pretty good job. You know, teams that want to go tempo, it's only if they're having a lot of success can really do that. And, I, and again, take away that that big play late. Our defense had, had played them pretty well throughout the you know the four quarters up to that point. So um, I think. If a team's subbing in, we can you know package a little bit better. But I think the majority of the teams we're going to face are going to go no huddle. I want to ask you about one play. There was a play where you're on offense and you're a man short and a, an 11th guy runs out and the umpire jumps in to allow the defense to sub, but then the play clock's at like 8 and he never leaves and you never have a chance to snap the ball and there's a delay penalty. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think the umpires allowed them to manipulate the uh, the ruling. Truly, what happened, and it was 15 seconds on the play clock. We had, uh, and it starts with our guys not having the right person on the field. We had 10, so we added an 11th. And the rule is you have to allow the other team to sub, which is true. But they didn't sub right away. They right. waited three seconds, and then a kid jumps on the field. But he literally almost walked onto the field. And that's at the discretion of the umpire, and we talked about it earlier in terms of there's some gray areas on some things. They basically allowed that kid to walk on for 15 seconds. And if that's the case... Yeah, we end up having to delay a game. That was one where I think they manipulated the rules, and I thought it should have been uh, better officiated. But um, we had to do a better job making sure that our, our right personnel was out there. So it was a mistake that started on our end, but with 15 seconds left, that should not have been a delay game. One of the things we've talked about all year long is penalties, and, and you didn't commit any until very late in the game against Ithaca. Much better job there. Yeah, I think, again, I think you know some people are going to look at the first two games. And... Yeah, we, we talked about it. A hand, handful of those first two were discretionary calls. We talked about it. We're going to continue to progress in a lot of areas. One of them has been the, the discipline part of, of that. And, um, you know, I hope we can keep that trend moving forward. But, again, I didn't think it was as big of a deal as other people made it to be because at the end of the day I know what our guys are doing, and, and some of those were very cleanable, uh, clean-up type of uh, mistakes in those first two games. 
Um, and I thought that was part of the game plan against Ithaca, minus those couple plays that we gave away from an execution standpoint. We played a, a game that was similar to the game plan that we wanted to go beat them uh, at their place. And I think that's what left that pit in our guys' stomachs, knowing that we played well enough to win, but we didn't execute those couple situations as well as we needed to. Sometimes I get on the refs, and actually I did incorrectly Saturday and then had to apologize to them. There was a play uh, where Jamin Bliss put a hard hit on their quarterback and flags flew, and I thought they were going to get it on him. And what they got was the retaliation. One of their guys on the bench just gave him a two-hander in the chest after a clean hit. So they did a good job on that one. Yeah, I thought the officials played well. They let the kids play on both sides, and I don't think there was an advantage for either team. On that play, there was a holding penalty. That was the first flag. And then when the quarterback got outside the pocket, it looked like a pretty big hit, and it was. Um, the quarterback ran, and our guy hit him with his shoulder, and it was a big hit. And then their old lineman came through and knocked our guy down. And I'm glad that they got together as a conference and sorted it out and you know, what it was is it was, uh, <clears throat> I thought it was the first it was going to be offsetting penalties and then the dead ball on theirs, and, and they got it right. So, uh, again, I commend them. It took a little bit longer, but you know, getting together and talking it through was the right call, and we got the fourth down stop and, and then got the ball back. What did you feel about the defensive performance overall? Again, they had the one big play. Their, their next biggest play was, I think, 22 yards, and they really didn't bust a lot of big ones, and you, you got a lot of D stops. Yeah, I think – we looked at, uh, and I think it's the uh, defensive staff did a great job looking at the last couple of years in terms of how they played. And like their quarterback is is old, older and experienced in a, in a really good way in the sense that you're not going to throw a lot at him that he hasn't seen, so he's not going to really put the ball in harm's way. And the, and the one interception we got was a deflection interception, which was great. I thought we did uh, well enough in the run game. You know, I think there's some things we missed a couple tackles here and there, but you know, two really good defense was going at it you know as much as I said everyone thought it was going to be the offensive games I think it played out that it was going to be two really good defenses going at it and then unfortunately they got the the one big play against us but I think our defense played well enough and uh, we had the right idea that if we don't give away those special teams points we, we find a way to, to win a, a low scoring game on the road against you know a really good defense and that was kind of how the game plan I thought was going to play out. Got to mention Toby Weffering again. His first punt was 57 yards. Second time into the wind, another 57 yards. I mean, he can boom them. He can place them. You're now number one in the country in net punting yardage because you haven't allowed a return yard all year. That's a great weapon to have. That's the first time hearing of that. That's good to know. I mean, obviously, stats are aside, and you know, it's interesting. We watched special teams on Sunday, and we showed the highs and lows of that unit. You know, as good as we were pinning them, obviously there was the one that gave up the points, and that's not any one person. You know, and, and I say that because I know everyone's going to you know say something about our long snapper. He's he's one of our best overall players. Sure. You know, and I think that, that we understand it's a team game. We win and lose as a team, and uh, but Toby has the opportunity to be a really impactful special team guy, and he's he's shown that already, and. Um, and I think Luke Montaigne's having a really good uh, week as well. So uh, don't be surprised if you see the second kicker come in in some situations. Uh, I just think that um, you know when when he's on and or our special teams are on, we're really really strong. We just got to do a better job not giving away those those two plays. It's so tough in a six-game league. You lose one game, and you either need the team you lost to to lose twice or some convoluted multi-way tie thing. How do you, do you talk to the team about that at all? I mean, you know, they're going to be thinking about it somewhere in the back of their minds, I'm sure. Yeah, I always try to address any elephants in the room, but to me it was always about, you know, obviously we want to win every time we take the field. So that's the one goal that we might not be able to obviously accomplish right now is we can't be undefeated, but there's still a lot to be played. I think our conference is really strong again this year. I think it'll play out that way. I think we uh, have the ability to be a very good team, but I think there's other very good teams. So we'll see. And my goal is how we respond and have a great week against Buff State. But 
we can't control, for example, what Ithaca or what any of the other teams are doing. Uh, the best thing we got to do is make sure that we're progressing and that when we're, it's not going to be a matter of if, but when we're in those same situations we were on Saturday, that we can perform better and win those type of games. And, and I think that's my biggest message, regardless of who the opponent is. The opponent's faceless. It's more when we're in those situations, can we make sure that we're capitalizing and finishing the way we want to. In Buffalo State, you're going to be a heavy favorite once again. But we, like we talked about with Keystone, they're developing a program. Their head coach, uh, Lazarus Morgan, is, is respected. And you can see that they're putting the building blocks in place there. I think it's a great comparison. I, Laz, I have a ton of respect for. He's been a great coordinator. Uh, we faced him when he was at Cortland most recently as their defensive coordinator. He was at Alfred before that. Uh, he will have that defense going very, very well. Uh, as a defensive mind coach, he's does a great job there and their offense has significantly improved since last year so I know last year in his first year um, sometimes it's tough inheriting a program and, and you know building your own philosophies and getting the personnel the way you want to so they are significantly better this year um, I've tried to remind our guys quit looking at records and whatnot um, <clears throat> we're both uh, 0-1 in terms of the conference and then they were up in the fourth quarter against Rochester so you know, similar situation. I'm sure they're saying woulda, shoulda, coulda was last week. But um, yeah, honestly, the records don't matter to me as much. We're going to give every team we play the due respect and, and really put the focus back on Hobart because at the end of the day, not in a, a um, you know, cocky or egotistical way, I really believe it's our standard and how we play and perform is going to depend on the outcome of the game. So we got to make sure we control our controllables and, and make sure that we give the, the our opponent our due respect. They're athletic. They have some really good skill guys across the board. They're aggressive at the point of attack. You're going to see they're big out in the O line, uh, crazy amount of movement on the D line, and, and and athletic on defense. So, to me, this is a defense that could give us just as much fits as last week if we don't come out and execute really well. In Wilson, they have the number one running back in yards in the league. They're trying to build a possession type of offense. They're not quite there yet. But you can see this being a team in a few years that, like uh, Morrisville was a couple of years ago, just hold the ball all day. Yeah, and I think that's what they do. They want to win with defense, you know, uh, get the turnovers, which they forced last week. Yeah, obviously, if you can run the ball, that's always a, a huge step towards winning games. So similar to the, you know some of the Hobart teams we've had in the past where if you run the ball and play great defense, you're going to put yourself in a good position to win games. Uh, I don't know. You, you can't say a whole lot about injuries, but we saw Cash and Young leave the game, and he's not listed this week. So, what can you tell us about him for the future? I uh, absolutely love the. He's playing really, really well. And, and prior to the injury, it was probably he was having one of his best games in terms of flying around. So, um, he is. Uh, he currently has an injury, and we're working our way through that. Um, I know he's tough as nails, and we'll get him out there when he's ready to go. But uh, he's still going to provide great leadership, even if he has a limited playing role. And like you said, I mean, you know, uh, Coach uh, in lacrosse always talks about uh, next man up. Same thing for you. You've got depth, and and these guys are ready when their time comes. Yeah, we had, uh, you know, an opportunity, and, and and again, you had a guy like Drew Walsh who started games, uh, Vinny Giordano. Both of those guys have had um, opportunities through the first four games to show they can play a linebacker. So, you know, uh, those guys came in. We didn't change what we we're doing defensively with those guys in, and you know, I think this week will play out kind of. We're not sure yet who's going to start in that role, and. Obviously, Anthony Romano right next to him, and, and, and our linebacker group, that's a uh, tight-knit group. And uh, I know Cash, um, when he's ready to come back, we're going to be welcoming back, but we'll have some other guys that are going to need to step up, like you said, and I think we got guys who are able to do that. We talked about the possibility of multi-way ties and things. I mean, Rochester won their first league game. They're 4-1. and one. Uh, RPI hasn't played a league game yet. I mean, there's a pretty good chance that nobody gets through this slate undefeated. Yeah, last year, um, you know, I look at it, you know, Ithaca was able to go through undefeated last year. Um, 
in most years you look at it and you think about even two years ago prior to even last year like if you if you win our conference you didn't win it by luck like you got to be a pretty good team and uh and i look at it there's going to be a handful of games in these future weeks that are going to play this thing out. So as much as you said earlier about, like, did I talk to him about winning our conference? No. I mean, the reality is it's still out there in front of us. we got to play well, and we're going to have to win and beat teams uh, that are upcoming on our schedule, including Buff State, that are going to be you know, looking for that 1-0 each week, and, and that's the mindset. But we can't control anything that other teams are doing, but I do think that our conference is going to play out, that if, if someone goes through undefeated, uh, they've earned the opportunity to represent our conference in the NCAA playoffs. And uh, – that's still out there for us. Um, obviously, we don't have the undefeated piece, but there's a lot of games to be played, and you know who knows how the ball, the ball is going to bounce, and more importantly, how we play. Let's hopefully position ourselves so that um, as the league progresses and by the end of the end of the schedule, that we can be there at top. Two straight home games uh, starting this Saturday at one o'clock: Buffalo State Bengals at the Boz. This has been the Hobart Football Podcast. You can find this podcast wherever you go for podcasts: Apple or uh, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. And, of course, all your athletics information is on the website at hwsathletics.com. Best of luck Saturday, Coach, and thanks as always. Thank you, Ted. Appreciate it.